Good evening, everybody. I pray that you are blessed and well tonight. I pray that God's favor is upon you. And I pray that you feel strengthened this week and empowered by God's grace, his mercy and his kindness. I want to come tonight and share a few things with you. We've been sharing this month from the series, The Value of Me. And there are many things that I think God desires for us to appreciate and understand about ourselves. And understand how he loves us. Understand how important we are and understand our own value. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for those who have joined us. Lord, open our hearts and minds to be receptive to what you desire from us in this moment. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We spoke on this past Sunday from Luke chapter 10, around verse 38 through 42 from the story of Mary and Martha. And a few things I wanted to share with you on this evening that we did not get to share on Monday, on Sunday morning. One of the, three of the things that I just wanted to share with you all relate to properly understanding and evaluating your own value. I want to talk about three things. I want to talk about what you have. I want to talk about who you know. And I want to talk about what you do. What you have, who you know, and what you do. The reason I want to talk about these three things is because these are three ways that we tend to assess our own value and assess the value of other people. We base it on what they have or who they know or what they do. There are some inherent problems with those things, and I want to discuss those with you quickly. I just have a few moments of your time tonight. First of all, if you assess people by what they have, there's a difference between what you have and what you need. And maybe some people seek only those things that are necessary. Maybe they don't seek an excess of things as our capitalistic society would uh, desire us to do. The acquire, acquiring wealth, acquiring things, even things that aren't necessary. Even some billionaires have more money than they were. It's possible for them to spend in their own lifetime. What value does that have? We should stop assessing people on what they have. In the story of Mary and Martha, Martha was in the was so busy washing dishes and preparing for Jesus there in Luke 10. When she gets upset and frustrated with her sister Mary, who just sits at the feet of Jesus, Jesus tells her, Martha, Mary has chosen the important part. I want to ask you that as it comes to things, are you choosing the important part? Because it's not things themselves. It's our mindset towards things. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil. It is not money itself. It's the mindset and the relationship that we have with acquiring things that causes us to fall away from God. It's not the thing itself. There is nothing wrong with money. There is nothing wrong with the thing. The question is, how do we prioritize those things and the acquisition of things in our lives? We need to stop assessing others and ourselves by what you have and focus on what, you're, what you need. The Bible puts it this way, set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. When we begin to assess our worth by the amount of love that we have in our lives, 
by the amount of grace and mercy that we show to other people, by the amount of love that we show towards other people, by how often we exemplify Christ and share him with somebody else. Those are the rich and bountiful things by which we should assess and judge our own life and not simply by how many cars, clothes, or homes we have. Stop devaluing yourself but by on the basis of what you have. The second thing I want to discuss is who you know, because sometimes we know people are rich and wealthy by association. Some people are born into the right family. I hear the, the phrase often stated that some people uh, were born on third base and acted like they hit a triple. What that means is they were born in the right place, in the right family. They know and associate with the right people. And as a result of that, they have wealth or they look wealthy or have the trappings of wealth. They do that by association, by who they know. Some of us, we feel like we don't know the right people or we haven't been put in touch with the right people. And as a result of that, that makes us less valuable. Do you remember where Jesus found John the Baptist? John the Baptist was out in the middle of the wilderness. He's like, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. And although he was out in the middle of the wilderness and had nothing and lived like a wild man, he had the knowledge that Christ was coming. He had a better understanding of what was happening in the world or what was about to happen in the world than anybody else on the planet because he knew Jesus was coming. He knew the relevance and the importance of our coming savior, and he recognized him even as he came to be baptized by John. This man who seemingly had no affiliations, he didn't know the king, yet he was out in the wilderness and he had the knowledge of Jesus Christ in his heart. Again, not only should you not assess yourself by what you have, but don't assess it by who you know. There is one person you need to know. And you need to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You need to know God, our Father, and be in tune with the Holy Spirit. As long as you have knowledge of our Father and his Son, you are in good company. Because my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Don't worry about what you have. Don't worry about who you know. And finally, don't allow your value to be determined by what you do. What you do is not who you are. The problem with judging yourself by what you do is sometimes you get confused. People ask you what you need and you begin to assess your need based on what you do. Well, I, I'm a teacher, so I need I need certain I, I need certain uh, books. I need notebooks. I need pencils. I need more time with my students. I need more time to lesson plan. Those are the things I need. No. That's not who you are. That's what you do. Some of you say, I, I need more time on the clock. I need, I need them to put me in for more hours at my job. I need some more overtime. No, that's not wh who you are. That's what you do. The problem with tying yourself and, and, and your identity up with what you do is you get confused about what you need. If you identify yourself by what you do, then you ask for things based on that and not truly who you are. Don't ever confuse who you are with what you do. I don't care what job your occupation is. You're a child of the king.
you're a child of the king. If you're in the restaurant business, you're not a, a fry cook. You're a child of the king. If you work with the sanitation department, you're a child of the king. If you're a teacher, you're a child of the king. Regardless where you are and what you do, your identity is not tied up in what you do. Your identity is tied up in whose you are. You belong to God. And no matter where you go on this planet, you will always belong to him. No matter how much money you have in your pocket, you belong to him. No matter if you have many relationships or very few, you belong to him. No matter if you have a lot of cars and wealth, or if you don't, you yet belong to him. Paul puts it this way as I close. He said, I've learned in all things to be content, whether I'm abased or whether I abound. If I have many things or if I have very few, I learn to be content because of everything that I have and everything that I've obtained. He said, I counted all loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. It is important who you know. As long as you know Christ, you're in good company. Never assess yourself or your value by what you have, who you know, or what you do. Because in all things, you belong to God. Can we pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, let us be reminded of who we are through you. Help us to look at ourselves and our eyes and our, through our eyes and the destiny that you have prepared for us. Not simply the image that we see in the mirror. But Lord, you allow us to have a vision of how you see us. For you see us in the, in the future, not, for what we, not simply for what we are, but also for what we shall be. Help us to be reminded of that in every moment, that we may understand that we're always valuable because we're a child of the King. In Christ's name I pray, amen. I pray that you've been blessed by these words tonight. I want you to live with expectation. I want you to live with faith. I want you to live with determination and live intentionally tomorrow. Waking up tomorrow is not an accident. It is God's divine destiny. He has assigned it for you because you belong to him. Be blessed is my prayer for you.